ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Rise of Kin, episode three. We are officially wrapping up our trip in Costa Rica this week and are getting ready to head back to the United States. Um, you know, we've had kind of a roller coaster down here of trying to figure out the best way to use our land and uh, get some development done, make it comfortable enough for us to stay on, while also figuring out, you know, how to navigate the economic reality of the world. And as some of you may know, or if you don't know, I have been working on writing a book for a while now. <laughs> it, it kind of came to me during the pandemic because one of the things that was really eating at me in life up until I was about 35, 36 years old was the fact that my, my father chose not to be around uh, that much when I was a kid. And it was something that in its underlying fabric, it, it was literally driving so many of the decisions I was making on a daily basis without me even knowing it. And so during the pandemic, I started to outline the book and I had the idea of writing the book. I did some research and felt like I wanted to self-publish um, for many similar reasons to why I use Substack is because, you know, I don't want to put energy out into the universe and have a bunch of middle people capturing the value. And so I started working with a company called Scribe Media who you may be familiar with them. They published David Goggins' book, and um, they've since they've kind of taken off because a lot of people during the pandemic decided to write a book uh, and self-publish, and that industry has really evolved. So, I spent, you know, probably sixty to eighty hours just outlining kind of the process that I personally went through, and I was still going through uh, when when our family was living in Hawaii. To be honest. And so I just gave myself space from it, you know, hired, uh, hired their team to help put a framework around it um, with some additional services to what they normally provide. And I've been writing, I've always been comfortable as a writer, uh, whether that was business stuff or just journaling or whatever it is. However, I hadn't really found what I would call as my writer's voice. And so as I've navigated through the book process, I've sat down and tried to write chapters many times, which has been, you know, an extremely challenging process at times, especially while I was still processing a lot of the information and still kind of unraveling uh, on a cellular level some of the things that uh, I felt were big factors in how I experienced the world. And so late at night, uh, when it's quiet around my house, because we have four little munchkins that are homeschooled and, you know, it's wild here during the day, to be honest, it's, uh, there's, there's a lot of hyped up energy and I truly, as a father, want to give them all the energy that I can to help them go out and adventure and gain experiences and do difficult things because that's why we chose to homeschool. Uh, was to be able to spend more time together, not for 
me to hand it off to my wife and go in a room and write or go in a room, do any type of work, right? My, my general view around quote unquote work is that if it's, if it takes any time away from the family, then it has to be truly, uh, accretive and beneficial for them to see me spending time on and the creative muscle flexing, uh, of being an author and writing and also just doing your own thing, whatever that is, is an example that I want to set for my kids is to, you know, write, write your own movie, write, write your own adventure. Cause that's what we're really doing every day. And so a long story short or short story long, I, at, in the evenings when it quiets down, the chapters just flow in my head and I've never felt the need to capture them because that information just flows. It's very similar. When I go on walks, I just hear poetry flow and I've never felt the need to really capture that, but it's a very beautiful and peaceful thing to have that flow of whatever you, you want to call it, that artistic flow, the creative flow, just the flow of life. And so the other night, uh, I wasn't that tired. It's probably 10 o'clock at night. Everybody was sleeping peacefully and I decided to just grab my computer and go. And I've already written chapter one a couple times as, uh, a couple listeners, David in particular <laughs> probably knows, um, you know, I've, I've gone at it. But I really, I went at it in a different way and I felt that I actually found my authentic voice the other night, my writer's voice, my author's voice. I felt comfortable writing it and outlining it and pushing the limits on what I'm trying to communicate to people. And that's a very beautiful feeling for me. Um, you know, I've chosen to focus most of my professional life on capital markets and doing real estate projects, which is heavily at today. It's basically all finance based. Uh, a lot of the creativity in my experience got stripped out of it just by nature of dollars and cents. And you're also just constantly negotiating and arguing with people over money, which in, you know, in my awakened view is no way to live life on a daily basis, right? We have to deal with the realities of what is, and I'm very thankful that I got my experience on Wall Street. However, spending my time arguing with people over money just seems like a complete waste of life and a complete waste of the creative force that we all have within us as humans. And so writing this, you know, David, who has been one of my main helpers at Scribe has, he's really encouraged me to not put a framework around anything and just write. And, you know, he's been, it's been a real blessing to have him as a sounding board because you know, I, I feel like I have many stories to write and having someone else recognize that as well is just a, it's a very helpful thing, especially when you're tackling the first one, the first project. So 
you know, that's, uh, that's an incredible thing to experience as someone who has kind of suppressed a lot of creative ideas and endeavors in order to focus on what's practical and what, uh, you know, what others viewed as valuable. And so I've, I've gotten very comfortable over time understanding that, you know, money is, has its limitations and it has a lot of limitations on what it can provide you, especially if you don't know how to use it effectively in life. And I'm also in a phase in life where, you know, I just want to live the way that I want to live. I, I have a beautiful life with my family. I, I get to spend, you know, 60 to 80% of my waking hours with my kids in tow. And I just take them with me everywhere, whether it's grabbing soil in the jungle, um, you know, getting colones out of the ATM for a few of the small construction projects, going up to our land and planting things, which we did a bunch of in like the hot season because you have to prep for the rainy season. Um, and I'm not willing to change that way of living. And so what I, one of the things that I think is a really beautiful way to experience life is when things line up in a synchronistic way where being an author uh, and being creative allows me to maximize my time with my family. It also allows me to flex those uh, artistic and creative muscles and it also it allows me to help people. I think you know my journey of going from honestly a troubled teenager, uh, high school dropout on probation, in trouble with authorities and really pushing up against that to blue collar worker, dishwasher, working in uh, an auto body shop, working in a warehouse, uh, realizing that, that my life was going nowhere, and then taking that, starting over from scratch, moving to New York with a duffel bag, not knowing anybody there, you know, sleeping in a pretty rough area in a rough apartment in Spanish Harlem until I could get a little bit more money and figure things out, and finding my way in New York City from that to a job in private equity, realizing I don't want to be any of these people that put their entire life into this, you know, big institutional company, working at Lehman Brothers in the bankruptcy, and then making the decision to go out on my own and start my own real estate company when my son was one month old, and going on the journey of raising a couple hundred million dollars, building projects from the ground up in Manhattan, assembling air rights, flipping land, uh, building a hotel in San Francisco, buying office buildings in San Francisco, you know, really like a full experience of life. And my experience has run the gamut in a lot of different ways in life. And even now, you know, live, living in Hawaii in peace during the pandemic, and buying some land down in Costa Rica with everything we had. You know, we, we put all our chips on the table. Uh, and we made a big bet on a big piece of land in Costa Rica. And 
we're in the process of navigating that, but just being down here where like, Hey, you know, if you want something, you have to plan for it or really decide if you even need it. And so, you know, there's this full experience of going from kind of nothing and like the washed out part of society to trying to make something of myself, uh, then realizing that, you know, you don't make something of yourself, really. You you already are, and the minute you realize that, you start kind of unwinding all of the nonsense that you filled your life up with uh, and boiling it down to its most essential things that, for me, make me happy, uh, that bring a smile or bring tears to my eyes. And, you know, those that that's a journey in itself. <laughs> that's not even what my book's about, but it's a real journey to go on that process while you're starting a family, while you're trying to make it as a man, as a human, and trying to raise other humans. Uh, and I think it's worth documenting, <laughs> you know, for anybody that's, that's worth, uh, you know, that thinks it's valuable or that's, that decides to listen to it, even if it, that's just my own family, even if it's no one, you know, I want to put out this creative energy in the universe. And I think that the world needs more of that. Uh, it feels to me, I watch our children get absorbed by technology when they're allowed to use it. And I just stripped it out this week. I was like, we're taking a a detox, right? And I I limit it, and we've had the discussion about me using it because I can't even access the cash that we use without technology today, and that's just a design of the way society is. And so, you know, I have I have a lot of interesting perspectives. I'm very comfortable sharing my ideas, and I think that. To find your voice in that process is just, it feels magical. It felt right to me. I'm excited to share it. I'm excited to keep going and pushing that around the parameters of what I've outlined to see how I can make that fit. Um, and it's, frankly, it's totally liberating to be able to express yourself freely. Um, you know, I'm looking to do that in other ways besides writing, but writing is the focus right now. I already do that in many ways in life uh, as a, I call it free freestyle fathering uh, with my children. And, uh, you know, yesterday, because of the life we've designed, we went down, we bought a package of surf sessions down here. We never really made time for that in Hawaii. Uh, the kids were also a little bit younger, and so it was a little more challenging. But our two oldest are brave little explorers, and the waves were big yesterday when we got there. It started pouring down rain. There was lightning and thunder while we were out on the water, and we surfed our faces off yesterday. Nobody wanted to come out of the water. We, you know, we maxed out. We went 30 minutes over our surf session. The instructors down here are fucking epic. They're beautiful humans. 
and they, they literally taught us how to navigate the, you know, medium sized waves and to pop up on a wave with my son behind me saying, Pa, I'm on your left, I'm on your left. And riding that wave together and looking over my shoulder and see him cruising and paddling back out and watching my daughter launch like that is living in, through my lens. Uh, you know, taking them up to our land and planting. We've been organizing because we've, we, started, we started a little nursery in our rental house and have been sprouting seeds, seeds that we saved, that we've carried with us of fruits that were awesome and tasted really good and we loved uh, and buying stuff here from local nurseries that are organic and we planted easily 60 trees I mean we got our bananas started which is what you want to do we found free coconuts that are sprouting all over the beach and planted about 15 16 of those so that we have long-term things to provide food right find healthy nutritious organically grown food and we planted some other fruits that are just magical one of them was soursop or guanabana and to see the kids really observing how things grow is truly incredible our our oldest daughter i took her up we had planted some dragon fruits they're called patayas and i had taken her up to the farm and she hadn't been up to this ridge where we planted a bunch of stuff in a few weeks. And she was up there. It was just me and her. And she looked at the dragon fruits and was like, oh, my gosh, have you seen this? It's grown so much. It literally grew 12 inches, like an arm of a dragon fruit, which looks like a cactus, had just shot out the side of this plant that looked like it was about to die when we found it up there. And she... I asked her how she felt about it, and she said, that's really cool. And then she kind of paused and looked at me and said, I've never seen something like this before. And I literally, I lost it. I just, I started tearing up and, you know, told her, that's, that's really beautiful to, to see. And it's really beautiful to see you make that observation, um, you know. I know not everyone is fortunate enough to grow up around plants and gardening, but I was. And I think that is a big reason why I have been able to kind of navigate through the modern world, the matrix, whatever you want to call it, and kind of pulling myself back to what I call reality. Uh, and I don't think it matters how big your garden is. I think it's just about understanding nature. And for me to be in a position where I can give that gift to my children, I can give them the gift of homeschool, I can give them the gift of my presence and my time, is that this is the meaning of life for me. I will stop rambling. That's episode three. Appreciate everybody. Appreciate everybody that listens. Uh, follow along on Substack. Share it if you feel so inclined. I also have a TikTok account that I'm active on. That's at Yogi Vaquero. That's Y O G I V A Q U E R O. I think. 
should be able to find it. Um, and I look forward to sharing more of the journey. Peace.